Hey, history lovers, I'm Mike Rosenwald with Retropod, a show about the past rediscovered. Catherine Graham, Kate to friends, Mrs. Graham to everyone else, was a revered figure in journalism and on the world stage. She used to run the Washington Post. She battled Nixon. She fought to publish the Pentagon Papers. She defended the First Amendment against all comers. She was even portrayed by Meryl Streep in Steven Spielberg's film called The Post. But it was her fierce leadership during the Pressman strike, stuffing newspapers, commanding helicopters, playing hardball at the negotiating table, that is perhaps the most gripping, resolute moment in her life. It began with a riot. Mrs. Graham was sound asleep. Union contracts had expired at midnight on October 1st, 1975. And Mrs. Graham went to bed that night, ready to continue negotiations in the morning. Then the phone rang at 4.45 a.m. An executive at the paper delivered the news. The presses had been, as Mrs. Graham described it later, Pearl Harbored. The pressmen set one press on fire and dismantled others. They beat up the foreman, holding a screwdriver to his throat. The first decision Mrs. Graham made was to let her chauffeur keep sleeping. Mrs. Graham drove herself to the post, toward the fire trucks and smoke on 15th Street in Northwest Washington. She parked her green Mercedes on the street outside the post, making her way inside past firefighters, picketers, and TV crews. She went directly to the press room. Water was everywhere. There was smoke. During the strike, picketers burned her in effigy. Others physically attacked post employees. Mrs. Graham feared for her safety, but she would not be pushed around. Mrs. Graham and her team got to work putting the paper back into production. Getting the paper printed with the post presses in disrepair was the first challenge. They found nearby printing presses to produce the paper, but there was a huge logistical problem. How would they get the page plates past the picketers? One post executive, a former Green Beret in Vietnam, had an idea. Helicopters could land on the roof and whisk the plates away. With permission from the White House, that's just what they did. Several days after the riot, the post presses were operational again, and Mrs. Graham, hostess of fancy salons, grand dame of Washington, was right there working, her hands messy with ink. She knew she needed to appear calm, and the violence toward her employees strengthened her resolve to keep fighting as the negotiations dragged on. The strike lasted four months. Eventually, Mrs. Graham decided to make a final offer to the union. It was declined. The Post announced it was hiring replacement workers. The union was wiped out. Several hundred people lined up for job interviews the next day, including many black candidates who previously weren't represented in the press room. The first new hire was a black man. Don Graham said his mother, who died in 2001, did not view the episode as something to be celebrated or that she had even won. The experience had been brutal for everyone involved. One pressman committed suicide. Mrs. Graham was accused of having blood on her hands, a charge she flatly rejected. If the crisis was not exactly a win for Graham, perhaps it was something more profound. Here's how she put it in her book. It is ironic that I, who have never liked confrontations, should have been faced with this major one, she wrote. I hated fights, which I always found unpleasant and invariably feared losing. I had no choice but to become embattled. I'm Mike Rosenwald. Thanks for listening.
For more forgotten stories from history, visit WashingtonPost.com slash Retropod. If you're looking for another podcast to check out, try Edge of Fame from WBUR and The Washington Post. National arts reporter Jeff Edgers paints intimate, surprising audio portraits of actors, musicians, and comedians, from beloved performers you think you already know to up-and-comers bursting onto the scene. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.